Have we started? Oh, classic, okay. classic <laughs> bits. Uh, welcome to episode fifty-seven. Is that correct? Yeah, it's episode fifty-seven. It's like ketchup. It's like Heinz. Yeah, sure. This Heinz is fifty-seven. Except this is fill me in a crossword podcast. I'm Brian Simmet. I am Ryan Hecht. Yeah, we solve crossword puzzles and talk about them. That's for people who don't know what the hell they're listening to. Yes. Uh, in this episode, though, we're going to be including some classic, classic routines. We have viewer mail. <laughs> Love that. And we uh, we have uh, talk of Lollapazoola. There's oh. more to be learned. And, of course, installment number three of How to Pronounce Chon Vonsathorn's Name. Oh, stay tuned for that. That's a good yeah, one. Please do stay tuned. Uh, we have no commercials, of course, but uh, we, we do, do have, have music. We have music. We have, we have a live orchestra here in Ryan's Pants, just ready... Ready to play the theme. They've been tuning up all night, if you know what I mean. Oh, I'm afraid I do. And, uh, get ready. <laughs> Are they done tuning? Yeah. Great, let's uh, just, how, how about play? A five, six, seven, eight. And, okay, so that's the end of the music. What that do we do next? That is the end of the music. What happens after music? Viewer mail, opening it up. We have a lot of viewer mail this we week. We have just a ton of viewer mail. Let's get started right Let's away. Let's get started. Our first viewer mail is from Raymond Hammond. No, Who? it's not. Try again. <laughs> Our first viewer... Who is Raymond Hammond? <laughs> I don't know. He's a mystery writer. Uh, Raymond no. Chandler. Raymond Chandler is a mystery writer. Chandler Bing is a character from Friends. Bing Crosby is a crooner from the 40s. Crosby, Stills, and Nash is a band. Nash Bridges is a, saw, is a show with uh, uh, a Cheech and Chong. Uh, Bridges over Madison County was a movie with some people in it. People in it? Uh, no, okay. Well, we weren't pretty far with that one. I know. That was good. That's the best we've ever done. It's impressive. So let's end the show right here. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you in episode 58. Uh, so uh, we're going to throw out that email by Raymond Hammond, but we did get an email from Raymond Hamill. Yes. Uh, and the subject is puzzle contests. Raymond Raymond Hamill won the last contest. He won last week. It was Peter Gordon's... Uh... Yeah, well, he says, as the winner of Peter Gordon's Yoko Ono John Lennon contest, I request as my prize that you mention my name at least once during the next five podcasts so I make the big spreadsheet deal. Well, I, I just want to interrupt here and say, you make the spreadsheet for just one mention. So you were already on it from last week. But yes, sure. Starting now, if that's your prize. So now we're not going to send you anything, right? We're just going to mention well, your name that, five times in a row. That's the prize. Well, then, then five he times He says, I request as my prize. So there you there go. So, so this was one. This was one. Which is actually two, because he was mentioned Yeah, but last the week. first one didn't count. He wanted this one to be one. This is one. Okay. And we also asked, asked him to tell us about himself. So and he, he says, says more about me. I am the director of a small medical research library at the University of Wisconsin. Never seen that show. Is that any good? Uh, the University of Wisconsin? Small medical research library at the University of Wisconsin. He's directed it. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't, I don't subscribe to that one on the TiVo. I'm sorry. Really? No. We watch House and we watch Scrubs, and that's about as much medical scripting as I can deal with. Mike Nothnagel, how is a, a small medical research library, library at the University of Wisconsin? Is it any good? Thanks. Get back to us. Uh, I am also a seasoned crossword constructor with more than 2,000 puzzles published in places like the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Games Magazine, New York Sun, Washington Post through Cross Synergy, Newsday, Brain Games, etc. I'm the co-author of Challenging 30-Minute Crosswords and Great 30-Minute Crosswords, and I'm one of the writers for the Star Trek Crosswords series edited by John Sampson. Wow, that's a lot. It is. 
You're a genius. And You're from freaking 19, genius. From 1996 to 2001, I served as the trivia master for the New York Times Trivia Quiz, which I don't think I'm familiar with at all. I am the author of two new trivia books coming out from Sterling Publishing in October 2009. Yours and later, Hosen, Raymond Hamill. Wow, you are an amazing gentleman, Raymond Hamill, and uh, I'm honored to have received email from I've you. I've seen that 30-minute crosswords book. I, I don't really get it. I mean, uh, I mean I, I'm sure they're great puzzles, but how do they know how long it's going to take me? They just do. So everybody, it takes everybody 30 minutes? Yes. So if Howard Barkin sat there and did it and I sat there and did it, it would take us the exact same time? Yes, it would. Really? Yep. Interesting. That's exactly how it works. Well, then you are a genius, Raymond Hamill. Our next viewer mail comes to us from Daniel Rosen, loser. Viewer mail from a loser, he says. First of all, I think my nickname, loser, is hilarious, if a little redundant. I think the fact that I listen to this podcast at all says enough about my loserness. Wow. I have have questions about the podcast, which some other newer viewers may also have. First, why does it say Zambezi and Oat at the bottom of each podcast blog post? Why does it say that? I, I don't even remember anymore why it says I that. I think I said it once. I think we had some episode way back, like in the teens or something, where you you were recapping a puzzle, and so you just summarized by reading two random clue entries you saw, and they happened to be Zambezi and Oat. Yes. And so it became a sign-off. Yes. All right. Uh, what else? Second, where did... Where did the kick-ass theme music come from? I'm being totally serious. It sounds like it could be theme music for an NPR show. Signed, Daniel Rosen, Loser. Well, uh... The theme music, uh, of course, is improvised on a weekly basis by the Be More Smarter Orchestra. <laughs> they just happen to improvise the same exact tune every well, week. you know, it's sort of like that thing about if you put a million monkeys with a million typewriters, somebody's going to randomly type Hamlet. Uh, the music, actually, uh, I wrote the music. That's pretty much you the did. simple answer. You I wrote, wrote the, music the music a while ago. I actually wrote it for a different podcast that never made it to the air. Right. Uh, so then we just decided to rehash it and use it on this show. Yes. Ta-da. Now, if you can get us on NPR, dude, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. We'd rescind your loser title if you pulled that trick. We would. Yeah. Immediately. Too sweet. Wow. Our next viewer mail comes from Thomas Heilman. <laughs> the subject is uptight. Thomas Heilman says, gentlemen. As a former sweaty-ass hippie, I don't know which I found more upsetting. The fact that you refer to sweaty-ass hippies in a derogatory way, assuming, of course, that there is no way to say sweaty-ass hippies in a complimentary or even neutral way, or that your editing permitted a rather nasty combination of the expressions sweaty-ass hippies and scratch and sniff in the same podcast. Peace. Peace. Thomas Heilman. I, I, I need to clarify something. What? Go ahead, clarify. I, I, I have nothing against sweaty-ass hippies. No? No, I, 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 I really don't. I mean, I don't. Okay. What I do have a problem with is sweaty-ass hippies on my lap, spitting in my face, and moving around in a gyratory fashion. Really? That's, that's what I have a problem with. Okay. But I would have a problem with a member of the establishment being sweaty-ass and being gyratory on, my, on me. What, so what about, what about a hippie who was not sweaty? I, I, I would, but being gyratory? Yeah. I would have a problem with that. So, and what about just an ass of anybody without the sweaty or the hippie? Um, it depends on the, who the ass is connected to. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, we're just trying to figure out, I mean, sweaty ass hippie, there's three things going on here, and which one of them is really the problem? Well, or the, which one of them would you actually like? There's no, no, no three of those things is a problem. The problem, this is taking at, taken out of context. Well, that's how everything works. Well, out of context. I know, but it's taken out of context. The context, the context was this particular sweaty-ass hippie was on my lap, 
spitting in my face and being gyratory. Now, this is actually not true because the context is that a sweaty-ass hippie was in someone else's lap. You were talking about an article you read about hair, the musical hair. Right, well, well, the, so it isn't even your lap. But that's it's in not question. my lap. But it's it's, it's, it's your but it's if, your hypothetical lap. Right. But if I went to go see hair, it would be my potential lap. If you sat in the front row. Right. Okay. And it's not what I what I would enjoy. It's not what I would buy a ticket for. Well, so, I mean, the context though, you invented the whole thing. So I think you designed an insult to Thomas Heilman. Nicely done. He's one of our favorite writers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, wait a minute. What if we back up and treat this email like we do with everything else that Thomas Heilman writes and say that half of it is probably not true? Half of it isn't true. Which half? Uh, We we are not gentlemen. No. We are uh, men of the street. (laughs) I I also think his sign-off piece, he didn't mean that. He means in war. (laughs) Okay. That's how he meant to sign that off. Um, I want to know, Thomas Heilman, you talk about how our editing resulted in the combination of sweaty-ass hippies and scratch and sniff. I want to know, did you bother listening to everything that happened in between those moments in the podcast? Yeah, I don't think they were back-to-back. They certainly weren't. The sweaty-ass hippies was Ryan's story about hair, where he was fantasizing that he sat in the front row at a performance of spitting hair. And then the scratch and sniff, that had to do with our misunderstanding of how a scratchy Yahtzee book works. Scratchy Yahtzee book. Yeah, we offered a Scratchy Yahtzee book to Raymond Hamill as his prize we for did. winning the contest. We did. Do you even listen to past episodes? There are past episodes? I listened to episode 56 just last night so that I'd be prepared for today. Oh, I don't prepare. No? No. Yeah, well, there it is. <laughs> Our next viewer mail comes to us from Neville Fogarty, Squishy Defeated. Subject, viewer mail. Ryan and Brian, clearly my punishment has been not being mentioned in two consecutive podcasts. At this point, I'll never catch up with anyone. My most sincere apologies, twofold, to Mike Nothnagel, pen pal extraordinaire and constructor of the Friday Puzzle. In addition, I assure you that I have moved back five yards. I don't think that the people in the apartment next door like me sleeping in their kitchen, but these are the rules! Neville Fogarty, squishy defeated. Neville Fogarty, of course, mistyped a nickname. Yeah, Neville Fogarty gave somebody the wrong nickname, gave... Mike Nothnagel. Mike Nothnagel. The wrong nickname. Which he is corrected in this email. Yeah. However, in this email, he apologizes twofold. I, I, I don't see the folds. Uh, I don't see either fold. I see he just apologizes to Mike Nothnagel, period. Yeah, that's one fold. Is that is that even a fold? Uh, I can't find the other fold. Neville Fogarty, if you could tell us where the other fold is. the other fold moving back five yards? I don't know. I don't know either. Go Maybe he's apologizing now. to his neighbors. Maybe. I don't think they listen to this show. Neville Fogarty's neighbors, are you out there? Write to us at rbxblog at gmail.com. Thank you. Our next viewer mail comes to us from Mike Nothnagel, pen pal extraordinaire and constructor of the Friday Puzzle. Uh, it's about podcast 56. I've forgotten the exact question about Ryan, his later hosen, and his peanut podcast, but the answer is yes. Oh, thank God. And I think that answer segues nicely into our final viewer mail. Yes. Uh, this is from Amanda Yesnowitz. Subject, yes, 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 no. Uh, in this email, uh, the part of I will be playing the part of Brian, and Brian will be paying, playing the part of Amanda. Brian, you've done this for a few weeks, and it's high time I call you on the mispronunciation of my name. And if you say mispronunciation, I may have to kill you. <laughs> anyway, you keep saying yes, no, it's making the s a hard s when in fact it's a soft s, like the word yes, yes, no, it's yes, no, wits. Don't make a hard s out of me. XOXO, U-P-V-E. This comes as news to me. 
So apparently Amanda's name is Yesnowitz, not Yesnowitz. Because it's spelled Yastrzemski. It is spelled Yastrzemski. Okay, so... So so, so you've been screwing up Amanda's name. It's Amanda Yesnowitz, the unparalleled parallel Vers engineer, a shining light to us all. Is that to what us is? all. To us all. <laughs> all right, I've got it. I've got it. I will no longer screw that up. I think up. you need to spend an entire podcast doing that. <laughs> I might hurt myself. <laughs> you might. All right. Well, thank you, Amanda, for correcting me. Yeah. I, I unfortunately do not have to go back five yards because I don't. <laughs> okay. Because we are in the States. Oh, my goodness. Can we close up the viewer mailbag, please? Viewer mail. Closing it up. What's next on the agenda? Next on the agenda is the Ark. The Ark. The Ark. So Noah collected all the animals. Yes. And, uh, and, and two by two, and and there were all some... the insects. Yes. Go ahead. And all the flowers, and, and all the zebras, and they all got on the boat, and... and they headed north. Exactly. That's what you do on an ark. So we have two main questions to ask you, the viewers, about the ark. The first one is: Does Ryan have a new puzzle now that he's bought Crossword Compiler? Are we going to answer this question, or are we going to read the other question first? Why don't you read the other question first? Oh, okay. Uh, did Brian revise his puzzles and repost them on the site? And the answer to both of these questions is no. Maybe. No. Sort of. No. Sort of. No. I have a grid. I have a completed grid. Black squares and white squares does not count. You need With, to put words in there. There's words in there. Okay. I, I fit rock band drum set into a puzzle. Well, great. Let's see it. Well, here's the news. The news is that I bought Crossword Compiler. Yeah. I brought I bought the Pro Grid Filler mm-hmm. and now I have to eat beans and rice for the rest of the month because it was very expensive. Beans and rice are delicious. Not every day. What about rice and beans? Well, wh- who am I? Where am I in 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 You're on vacation with Mike Nothnagel. In Thailand? I'm not sure where he Costa did that. Costa Rica? Where was that? That was in Puerto Rico? Mike Nothnagel, when Mike Nothnagel went on vacation, <laughs> with ate me. beans and rice and rice and beans. Where was that? Puerto Rico? We could totally look this up, but we're not. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, I fit it into a grid. That's awesome. And I have a clue for it. For rock band drum set? Yes. What's your clue? Should I give you the clue? Should give I tell you what clue. it is? Let's see if we can figure it out. <laughs> now, this is not a contest. All right. Give us you a ready? Clue. Yeah, I'm ready. Part of a video game that can be beaten. Oh, that's a very good clue. You like that? That's a very good clue. You like that? Part of a video game that can be beaten. That's a very good clue. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so here's what I have. I have a completed grid. Yep. Which I is and, the rest of the grid just generic stuff? Because you, you no, in, no, I you have just sort of do autofill. I have four fifteen-letter answers. But did you pick them, or did you just let the? No, I, I, I came up with them out out of your head, or off of the lists they provided you. Out of my head. Oh, okay. I came up with. Uh, rock band drum set. Yes. Weird Al Yankovic, oh, which is good. 15 letters. How and about I, it? It's, it's been used one other time. That's and, awesome. Uh, I have uh, uh, emerging markets. Okay, not awesome, but okay. And uh, well, I, I I went to one look to see what would because they're in, they intersect. Oh, I see. Uh huh. And I have another one. Uh huh. Another one is not 15 letters. I don't remember what it is. Another one, but is 10 letters. I, I'm not going to stay stick with this grid. And one I'll tell after you, the other. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't like this grid. Okay, why? Uh, because A, it's not themed, So and and B, it's not nearly difficult or clever enough to be a Friday or Saturday. So it's kind of useless. Well, then you just need to work on it. But I but I was happy that I was actually able to fit Rock Band Drum Set into a grid. Yeah. With all legal words surrounding it. That sounds... So congratulations. That is, thank you. 
So, Michael, Mark, we, we have a, we have a, an email. Well, about we have an arc related viewer mail. Yes. Yeah. From Michael Marcus, uh, his subject is suggestion for your arc. Uh, since my last suggestion was so well received, what was it? I don't know. I don't even think we received it at all. Uh, but thank you for it. Yeah, thank you indeed. Um, he says, I thought I'd send in another. Brian, you seem to have no trouble constructing grids, two in one week. And Ryan, you still can't seem to get past rock band drum set. Clearly, this viewer mail is now obsolete. Completely. But we'll, we'll go on. For your collaborative puzzle, perhaps Ryan should construct the grid. Perhaps and Ryan, who? Brian should construct the grid, and Ryan should write the clues. What do you think? Best, Michael Marcus, Papelbon. Uh, the, this is a halfway decent suggestion, since I have proven able to construct grids. Ryan has proven able to construct one clue so far. Well, here's the deal. Before this week, <laughs> I didn't own the program that constructs that helps you construct the grid. The program doesn't help you construct the clues. You could have been writing clues your whole life. Fine. Is it? But I made that was a good clue, right? It is a good clue. I told you it was a good clue. It's a good clue. I don't you know what? I don't think people understand the point of the Papelbon code word. I think uh, people I think are just some people do. Some people do. But some people are just emailing it to us randomly, like Papelbon. Like they think they're going to get a prize just for you know. Right. A couple of people emailed us Papelbon with their answers yeah. to the contest. Yeah, you don't need to do that. The, it's not a. It's not like a password to unlock the con. Like you're you're already entitled to the contest. Right. The point of Papelbon is to tell us that you were walking <laughs> your dog and didn't have a pen and paper handy. Like and oh, so like you could... uh... Vic Fleming, the gavel. <laughs> And who else? Okay. Other people who walk their dogs. Uh, so speaking of contests, let's talk about the winner of this week's contest. Well, let's, let's talk about this week's contest. Wait, no, wait, what are you... T- oh, oh, yes, go ahead. Last, the winner of last week's yeah, contest. Last week's con- the contest that ended this week, this, this past week. Last week. This week. Last week. We're still this in week. this week. No, this week is this week. Oh. We had a contest in episode 56... <laughs> Todd McKay's contest. Thank you. I'm going to repeat the information from the contest. I was recently looking through my bookshelf and spotted two books that I bought when I was studying theater in college. One is a textbook and the other is a play. The title of the textbook, two words, enumeration 6-3, is fairly generic and inferable as as a book that might be used by a first-year theater student. If you delete the second letter of this title and then move what is now the fourth letter to the second position, you get the title of the play. Can you figure out these two titles? Scroll down for the answer. Right. Uh, so that was Todd McKay's contest. We were looking for the titles of two books. Did you figure this out? I did not. I did figure this out. Did you take theater as a first-year college student? Uh, I did. As did I. Um, the two titles, of course, the, the, the textbook is Acting One. Yes. Which is a real book by Robert Cohen, by somebody Cohen, Richard Cohen, uh, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen. Cohen's Fashion Optical. <laughs> Uh, Leonard Cohen has given up his music career and he's now, <laughs> now running a glasses, glasses shop. <laughs> so acting one. And then of course, if you rearrange the letters as per Todd McKay's request, <laughs> you get the play. Antigone. Demand. Yes. You get the play Antigone. And so it's acting one and Antigone. And those were the which answers. Is a real, which is a real glasses shop on Antigone. 14th street. Yes, it, it is. It's Antigone on... lenses and frames. Indeed. It's a 14th and park. In so. Greece. <laughs> yes. In the Greece, Greek part of town. In, in the Greek part of Greece? Right, the Greek part of Greece. Indeed. Do they have a Greek section in I, Greece? I don't know. Do they have Little Italy in Italy? I don't know. Do they have Little America in any place? I mean, can you go someplace and there's, you know, a McDonald's and there's... I think you can go everywhere and there's McDonald's but, and Starbucks. But, you know, but, you know the, the America has stained the entire world. So there's no Little America anywhere? Oh, there's Middle America. 
but that's in America. Yeah, I'm it talking is. about if you go to, you know, maybe at Epcot Center. Is there is there an American Pavilion? There at might Epcot be. Center? There might be. Uh, so uh, we need to turn to our friends at Random.org to figure out who won this contest. We're going to put everybody's name into the random number generator. Gener- generation. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's from Hair, isn't it? The random random number, number generation. What isn't that from Hair? I don't know. I don't know hair. I know they let the sunshine in somewhere during the play, and that's about it. <laughs> and they gyrate. And they gyrate and spit on you. Right. Only you, though. Only me. It's only you. Wherever I'm sitting. Hypothetically. I have to stop going every night. <laughs> Maybe they'd stop. Maybe. Uh, right, so strap them on. Yep, that's and right. And here we The winner. the winner is Peter Gordon, triple threat. Wow, Peter Gordon. Peter Gordon is now a quadruple threat. He's a contest winner. And uh, for your prize, we have a great collection of sun puzzles. <laughs> we do. We have every level of difficulty Monday so through Just Friday. pick whichever, whichever one you want. <laughs> no, you know what? Peter Gordon actually emailed us last week to explain how he came up with the John Lennon-Yoko Ono thing. Which was from last last week. That was, that was two weeks ago puzzle. That was the puzzle Raymond Hammond Hamill... Professor of Wisconsin, one. <laughs> Director. Director of Wisconsin. Uh, Peter says, yes, I just happened to notice the John Lennon-Yoko Ono thing. I guess I had said, do you think Peter just happened to notice this? And yeah. the answer is yes, yes, he just happened to notice he it. He did. You know, he goes on to tell us what we should do about a new nickname. And I think maybe this, maybe this is enough of a prize for Peter. I don't know. He suggests that Andrea Carla Michael's nickname should be, does she have a nickname? Not yet. Because that's what we said immediately after her name in episode 56. So maybe uh, Peter. No, let's, we have to give Peter the same chance we give everybody else. Peter, write to us and tell us what you want what as a you prize. Want. We have Scratchy Yahtzee. <laughs> we have Scratchy Yahtzee. And we, have, uh, we could get you spit on by members of the cast of Hair. Yes. If that's your thing. If it is. So let us know what you'd like. You are the winner. Yes. Now, uh, we have a new contest this week. We do have a new and contest this, this week. this contest has been devised by you. Well, not quite. We were trying to come up with a new contest, and while we have a couple others sort of in the pipeline, I thought, I wonder if I could come up with a contest. And so I spent a while trying to come up with a contest, and I failed. So instead, I turned to the internet, and I found a fun little, like, uh, little word trick on the internet, and uh, we're going to use it as a contest this week. So don't go looking this up on the internet, because it's out there. If you look it up on the internet, you're disqualified. Right. And we'll know, because we can see you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So we're in your neighbor's kitchen <laughs> right now. That's, that's like a euphemism for something. We're in your neighbor's kitchen. I like it. So uh, are you going to read this? I'll read contest? it. I'll read it. Okay. Uh, there is a nine letter word in which the sequence of letters is in reverse alphabetical order. What is that word? There you go. That's the whole thing. There you go. I think it's pretty cool. Ryan hasn't figured it out yet. I never will. So the next segment we have is Lollapazoola. Lollapazoola. What is going on with Lollapazoola 2, the son of Pazoola? We have two things we want to talk about. Uh, last week we mentioned our plan to have an elite division, yep. which would be open to anybody, but we would be inviting uh, some elite solvers who are somewhat sheepish about solving with mere mortals. Yeah, here's how this came about. We had at least one solver at Lollapazoola 1 who felt a little... As you say, 
oh fine, uh, about know, for being such an amazing solver and kind of running away with the whole event. Right. And so and we want to encourage these people to participate as competitors somehow, and it isn't really fair to those who aren't elite solvers. So we were going to divide things up. Right. Uh, so we we're going to make an elite division. We, were go- we had about five or six people on our list that we were going to invite specifically to be in that division. They would be competing against each other, but it would also be open to anybody who felt brave enough to want to compete in that division. So we don't want to exclude anybody. Uh, so we've gotten some mixed reviews about this idea. We have. There, some of the people who we thought of as elite competitors maybe weren't keen on on the idea, or they had thought they were just going to come and volunteer to help us out at Lollapuzzoola, but I don't know. Uh, we're uh, not sure exactly what to do. The, 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 the self-appointed elitism, maybe that's not the way to go. Us uh, applying it, I don't know. What do you so uh, uh, help us out. Um, we, what we want to do is we want to make the event as fun as we can for everybody. And if and, and we if, want everybody to participate. And, right. And, and some, some of these people who have expressed interest in participating, who are like ACPT A-Division players, we want you to still participate. But, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to make this work. No, we don't. So uh, if you have a thought, let us know. We're, we're considering know. the self-appointed Elite Division. We're considering us just deciding arbitrarily who gets in the Elite Division. We're thinking about using ACPT divisions to kind of break it up. Yeah, like maybe people who are A and B are one division and C, D, and E are the other. I don't know. We don't know. So if, if you anybody, have a thought, we have plenty of time to work this out. Lollapazoola, for those who don't know, is a crossword contest that we're hosting. It's going to be on Saturday, August 22nd. Here in Queens. Here in Jackson Heights. Yes. Yeah, that's a Saturday in August. It is a Saturday in August. Uh, part two of the Lollapazoola discussion has to do with the puzzles that will be part of the yes. event. We, here's the thing, we have, we've talked to a lot of people about puzzles and constructing puzzles for us, and a lot of people are interested in doing this, which is so fantastic. However, we have more interested constructors than we have available puzzle spots in the contest. Yes. So, what we need to do is basically start again from ground zero. And everybody we have talked to about constructing, we would love for you to construct, but we're going to have to be selective and not use everything that is constructed for right. the event. So anybody, in fact, anybody who would like to construct a puzzle for our event, anybody, please feel free to construct please. one and submit it to us. This, by the way, does not disqualify you as a contestant in no. the event because we have sort of a one-out system going where you can still solve everything else and, and, and qualify for prizes. Right. Um, uh- Go ahead. Go no, ahead. You go ahead. No, you go no, ahead. I insist that you go no, ahead. Well, I've forgotten what I was going to say okay. with all of this banter. <laughs> I was going to talk about kind of what makes a puzzle right for Lollapazoola. Okay. Uh, our puzzles last year, I mean, they're crossword puzzles, of course, and they follow most of the basic rules of crossword puzzles, but they have some kind of underlying additional game thing going on. Right. For example... In last year's competition, Mike Nothnagel, Pen Pal Extraordinaire, constructed the Friday Puzzle. He designed one for us. I, I don't remember what the size of the grid was. Was it a 17, maybe? I don't know. Anyhow, the theme was not apparently clear from just solving the grid. But at the end of it, the, uh, the top four solvers were given a, a secret list. Uh, and it was a list of particular entries from the grid. And when they read those four entries just together as a set, it was very obviously instructions to begin placement on a twister board. And then the puzzle followed with a twister game, and it was the winner of the twister game who actually won that puzzle. Uh, and yes. so, so that was one. Uh, uh, we, we had we had uh, one where you had to eat a cookie at the end of it. Right. The theme entries actually said 
Chips Ahoy cookie. Right. That was uh, Doug Peterson, Crossword Gentleman and Man About Town, designed that one. Uh, so what? So there's got to be something quirky and unusual and not totally normal about and, your puzzle. And we're open to anything. And if you have, like, a great, clever theme, that's also fine. Uh, and those will work. I think we had one of the Ashish Fensakar. Right. His puzzle was a, was a palindromic theme. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, theme things are also great, but we want to make sure we open the the boundaries to things beyond just your typical themed crossword. Right. And and I, I, I do want to make clear that we're not trying to make the puzzle selection thing into kind of a contest or a competition. We're just, we're very grateful of anybody who wants to donate their totally. time and constructing abilities to us. We just, I mean, it's just the facts are, we just have, we only have so many puzzles. We're either going to have four or five, something like that. Right. We've already had maybe 10 people say we they want to construct. So, uh, but we, let's just open it up to everybody. We yep. all, we're, I mean, we're also looking for, we had a, a, a beginning puzzle that we passed out to any, everybody that wasn't a crossword constructed by Amanda Yesnu with the Unparalleled Apparel of Verse Engineer, a shining light to us all, uh, constructed <laughs> by her and Dick Dickerson. <laughs> right? It was. Oh, nicely done. Uh, oh. So... The actual event, though, is going to be four or five crossword-based puzzles. Right, but I'm saying that 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 will be the, the actual event of the scoring, but we'll like to have some right. audience participation and, Absolutely. and that kind Contribute of thing. Contribute anything you want. You know what? We should have some kind of a deadline, though, for this, I would think. Uh, in order for our staff of test solvers to participate in all of that nonsense, uh, what if our, our deadline for submissions, do you think August 1st is reasonable? Three weeks prior to the contest? I think that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. So let's go with that. August 1st is the deadline. August 1st. To so that's, submit. That's, uh, that's also a Saturday in August. That's about a month and three weeks. That is about a month and three weeks from now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sounds about right. All right. That's actually kind of coming up quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Law All of right. Zula is less than two months away. Uh, so, yeah, get on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much. <laughs> to who? To the people who are... Well, Announced this is your thank you speech? Ah, it's my thank you speech. So I'm thanking them. Why can't I thank people who are donating time and effort? Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Our next segment is a very, very important segment. It's a new. It's a new segment. It might overtake the entire show. It really might. I think our arc is going to take a back seat to this new project. Yes. Now, now this was first brought up by who was it brought up by? I think it was first brought up by David Letterman. Okay. What? And then it was, and it was later introduced to us by Samuel Donaldson, right? Samuel Donaldson, who constructed one of the puzzles this past week. He did. I think it was Wednesday, maybe. Okay, sure. Uh, it turns out that Christina Applegate, who everybody knows from Married with Children, yep, she played the the, the hot one. Yes, uh, is a big New York Times crossword puzzle fan, which she revealed. On David Letterman. I have to point out, I, I actually know more about Christina Applegate than just that she was the hot one on Married with Children. Yeah, yes, as, like, as I, do I. I. I don't want to just boil down my entire awareness. That was just my first awareness of Christina right. Applegate, that was, was that she was the hot one on Married with Children. Well, I mean, that's, we, we're, we're... I mean, since then, she's been on Jesse, and she was on Samantha Who. She's been she, on Broadway? She's been on Broadway in the musical Sweet Charity. She was in the movie Anchorman. <laughs> oh boy she right? was in the movie uh, don't tell mama the babysitter's dead yep she was so she's she's she's, she's done a lot of the the, the the cinematic and the telematic and the stageomatic stuff but i mean i we're of approximately the same age and and i mean i'm, I'm us and christina applegate no you and i and christina applegate. and christina applegate and growing up i was a big married with children fan and so and she was she you was were a, a big christina applegate fan I why was, else did you watch the show it was funny no, it wasn't. Well, when I was that age, I thought it was oh, funny. Oh, okay. 
Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, we want to get her on the show. Well, here's why. On David Letterman's show, she talked about how much she likes doing crossword puzzles and that, she and that she's really good at them. And she thinks Tuesdays are for idiots. She thinks Tuesdays are for idiots, which, I don't know, you asked Dan Fayer once if he'd ever finished a Tuesday by himself, so take that. Uh, yes, but, but take that. I, I think that she'd make a, a delightful guest on this program. Yes. So if anybody out there can help us find her, do help that. us help us find, find her <laughs> and uh, get us in touch with her yes. and 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 we want her on the show. Now, now you know somebody who knew somebody who was her co-star in Jesse. Yes. So that is yes three degrees. It is three degrees away. I might be two degrees away because I bet I know some people who did Sweet Charity. All right. Well, there you go. So but, now we're getting closer. Uh, you know what? I actually looked at the Sweet Charity cast list the other day, like who was in that musical yeah. a couple years ago. I didn't know any of them. Maybe your sister would. Maybe she does. I should ask my sister. All right. So here we go. So we're getting close. By the way, uh, for the purposes of the spreadsheet, that's my sister Allison we're talking about. Yes. Just so the spreadsheet is accurate. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I just want to make sure we cover that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, now, now, anybody else who works with Broadway? John Delphin, perhaps? Oh, maybe, John Delphin. Maybe yeah, he knows somebody people. with, sure. with Street Well, there's that charity. whole music uh, crossword crossover thing. There so is. That I'm writing, I'm writing Ben Tossig's thesis on. <laughs> are dude this is way too when, long we have ben to, Tossig, when are you graduating because we need to work this out <laughs> we have got to move on all right let's go to this okay let's all right uh installment number three of how to pronounce chon vongsathorn's name yeah we got an email from chon vongsathorn it was titled how to pronounce chon vongsathorn's name yes am i reading it or are you reading it? i i do, do you want to read it i'll read it all right you read it dear ryan and brian just wanted to reassure you that you're doing an excellent job pronouncing my name thank you chon to help, see, you're not though. This is the, and this is why we're continuing. All right, great. To help struggling listeners, here are some words that rhyme with Chon, as long as you don't have a funny accent. Lawn, brawn, don, con, on, John, fawn, Sean, gone, yawn, han, swan. In fact, if you take the ch from Chewbacca and the an from Han Solo and put them together, <laughs> then you will either get my name or Anch. This is the best mnemonic I have yet to come up with. Although I am always open to new suggestions. Peace. Chon Vonsathorn's name. Oh, look on the horizon. I see him. I he is holding his hammer. It is the hammer of Miutnor. It tolls the power of the thunder round. Here's Johnny. <laughs> and there now I feel like I'm on an NBC studio set. Hey, that was nice. That was Classic. nice. Thank you, Ed. Monday, June 1st, by John Farmer. It's a good thing Letterman never got The Tonight Show. He never would have fit in this grid. You really think this puzzle was worth 17 horribly unfunny years of The Tonight Show? Interesting. Tuesday, June 2nd, by Patrick Paglahuan Ang Dalawang Mgamadata Lindauer. What would you rather watch at 11.30 on a Saturday night? Saturday Night Live or Sophia Loren using her shore leave to break the speed limit on a snow leopard en route to a ski lodge in Sri Lanka? Uh, I'd probably pick the Sophia Loren thing. Unless Limp Biscuit was the musical guest on SNL. God damn, I love Limp Biscuit. Wednesday, June 3rd by Samuel A. Donaldson. Did you know that if you put Massachusetts, Louisiana, Rhode Island, and Alabama together, you get malarial? Road trip! Thursday, June 4th by Peter A. Collins and Joe Crozel. Rhymes with puzzle. Pete Rose bet on baseball, yes or no? Yes. Barry Bonds took steroids, yes or no? Yes. Johan Santana spit in your food the last time you went to a Mets game, yes or no? Yes. Wait, what? It's yes. I'm so sorry, but it's yes. Friday, June 5th by Martin Ashwood Smith. Are we getting any closer to getting Christina Applegate on the show? After this past hour of comic hijinks, I'm sure. 
Saturday, June 6th by Doug Peterson, Crossword Gentleman and Man About Town. And speaking of Christina Applegate, I think she's on Twitter. Oh, she should tweet us. You'd like that. I mean, we should tweet her. You'd like that. Sunday, June 7th by Jeremy Newton. If I ever become a lounge singer, I'm going to call myself Rain Delay. Hey, where are you going? I'm getting a toothbrush to scrub that image from my brain. Would you design my gown? I'm leaving. Goodbye. Wait, what? Oh, did I not say the last part? I thought we were done. I, oh, oh. I thought we were just done. Oh, we're done? Oh. Oh, we're done. Goodbye. I just said goodbye. Oh, you, you said goodbye.